真古的秀。For your post-Thanksgiving week, it's you will see you in hell, and we're here to talk about some damn horror movies this week. Predominantly, Clue, which is <laughs> not a horror movie, well, it's or a, a fantasy movie, or a thriller. It's a murder thriller, a murder mystery. All right, I don't know that it fits. And after last week's Plants Trans, I mean, we're we might just be opening this up to just clue movies. fits. It's a murder. If if it was a if it was serious, it would be a, it would fit. All right, it's a murder film. All right, uh, no, I don't I'll, need. I'll you what, I'm going to tell you this right off the bat. I don't need your fucking lip. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm going to watch next week that we should maybe watch, and you guys can watch in advance. It's on Netflix, and it's called Cam. And the trailer started after I watched Buster Scruggs, and I was it like, looks "Terrible this thing looks erotic. It looks suspenseful." It looks terrible. It's got like a 96%. Yeah. It's another Blumhouse movie. Why not watch it? And it's like somebody, the, the line where she goes, you stole my face and now I'm going to take it back. Yeah. Ugh. Don't you want to know how that happens? Not really. It's uh, similar to the line in Star is Born when Sam Elliott goes, you stole my voice. You stole my voice. He says it to Bradley Cooper or Lady Gaga. Coops. Coops. I was talking to Clue star Martin Mole this week, who is friendly with Sam Elliott. Who is Clue star? Clue, the oh, movie the we're star doing. star of Clue. I thought you were saying somebody's name, Clue star. I was like, no. what? Who the hell is that? I talked to him a little bit about the picture because I thought, you know, I'm not going to ask a 75-year-old man to guest on the podcast, but he might have some stories, and he had some great stories. Oh, that awesome. I'll, I'll really? share. Yeah. But um, I worked with both Mole and Leslie Ann Warren, Miss Scarlet, this yes. past week on The Cool Kids. They were awesome together, and she's how's, coming back. How's LAW looking these days? She looks gorgeous. I, I picture her just as the most, the hottest, like, older woman of all time. She is stunning, and I thought that she was, like, 55, maybe. She's 72. Yeah. She looks fantastic. Law, holding together. Not that you you know, you can't look fantastic in your 70s. I just was pretty shocked by it. I mean, these days, anything's possible. Yeah. And it, it was not a, uh, not that it's my place to say, but it didn't appear to be a, uh, a medically helped appearance like you often see in, in this town. No. It appeared to be the real deal. I was just talking to my doctor about that. I think Vicki Lawrence looks fucking fantastic. She looks great. She's 69. That's right. Joy Behar. Yeah. Behar's like 77. Yeah. She looks amazing. Sharp as a tack. Um, I told my uh, doctor that recently. Yeah. I said, Doc, I want to look tight when I'm 72 without surgery. Uh -huh. How can I look tight? Yeah. Change everything you're doing? Is that what he said? Yeah, and I immediately dropped him as a doctor. I said, sure, well, you, you quack. Get out of my face. Get a second opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Clue. We're going to be doing the usual things we do. It's after Thanksgiving. You've probably put on some LBs. You're sitting around the house. Maybe take it to the treadmill with you. Get up off your ass. 
Work off that cranberry sauce and the candied yams. Remember how amazing the candied yams were that I brought to your Thanksgiving that one year? I don't like candied yams, so I didn't eat any. I didn't eat any. You did a nice job. They looked nice, and everybody said they were good, but I don't like candied yams. It's like the one thing I've ever cooked, and it was absolutely perfect and delicious. I don't like candied yams. I like a sweet potato baked, but once you take it out of that context, I'm I'm out. So maybe I should have wrapped 20 uh, sweet potatoes in tin foil. Baked them for five minutes and brought them over. You would have preferred that. Well, it takes about an hour to properly bake a potato, but yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm sorry. Sorry if I don't like uh, a side dish that has marshmallows on top of it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. I didn't know I was a Dairy Queen right now. I yeah. thought we were having dinner. All right. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Joe and I are are here a couple days prior to Thanksgiving. I still have to work this week. Um, just nothing in the tank, folks. I, I'm I'm. F- you know, I become like narcoleptic, but also insomniac. You know, I'll sit down at the kitchen table and fall asleep, and then I go to bed. I can't fall asleep. I just, I don't, I don't know where I'm at, whether I'm coming or going. See, now when I when I'm overworked, I don't get narcoleptic. I become a necrophiliac. Okay, which I can't explain as like a stress reliever. Maybe. Yeah. It's I don't even know I'm doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean. I do. Isn't there, aren't there a couple horror films? Well, we saw one at that Columbine Film Festival where they were fucking a corpse. That was real unpleasant. Ugh. Like a n- beautiful day, noon, Joe and I sitting in there watching three people fuck a corpse. <laughs> I was like, what? We've made some wrong choices. And we've been, we had been, yeah, we'd been drinking since like 6 30 a.m. Yeah. Our screening was at, 8 a.m. It was just, ooh. What was it called? Like the the Passion of Anna Fritz or something? She was like a celebrity. The body of Anna. The corpse of Anna Fritz. Corpse of Anna Fritz. She's a, a big movie star who gets in a car accident. And these guys are like, she's here. We could all fuck this movie star. I mean, just a, who thought, imagine telling your parents that you came up with this movie. Imagine telling your parents you're in it. Yeah. Oh, honey, you got your first role. What is it? I play a corpse that these guys fuck. Then I wake up. I guess you just don't tell them. I guess you just don't tell. You just treat it like you're doing porn. Let mommy and daddy find it when they do a Google search. <laughs> is uh, the movie Necromantics? Is that about sex with dead people? I don't. I don't you have it? No. Necromance. You have something called that, I think. Necromicon. I don't think I do. The Book of Necromicon or something. I saw it over here. It's why I'm talking. I think you're about thinking it. of The Matrix starring Neo. <laughs> I don't know what you're... No, it's I don't, right there. Nec- Necromicon. Oh, no. That's Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead. That's not... Oh, I'm sorry. I see where you might be confused when I said Necromicon, <laughs> and it's actually Necronomicon. Well, it's not about... I, I could see why you'd, you'd be looking at me like I'm insane. It's not about corpse sex. What's it about? It's about the Book of the Dead, bound in human flesh. Okay. Um, speaking of mommy and daddy... Was I? I said, I said, mommy and daddy find it on their Google search, uh-huh. but it triggered something in my head. Yeah. These fucking sling commercials with Offerman and what's her name? Uh, with Offerman and Mullally. Yeah. They're goddamn disturbing. I ain't seen them. What are they about? It's the two of them like being like, want to party with mommy and daddy? We're slingers. And that's the whole joke. Like slingers, like swingers. And... Not only is it weird and gross, because it sounds like they're talking to you as their child. Right. 
It's the 87,000th thing I've seen Nick Offerman do in comedy. He's a good dramatic actor. I enjoy seeing him in dramas. The 87,000th thing I've seen him do in comedy that is just completely derivative of a thing Will Farrell already did. It's the, it's the fucking, remember the hot tub thing? Uh, we like fresh yeah. meat. It's, it's that. It's just that bit. Love us, that bit? Yeah. People love the shit out of Ron Swanson and Parks and Rec and that whole thing. Ron and, Swanson. And it is Ron Burgundy. Ron, yeah. I have a great deal of respect for, for those people on that show. I, res- I, I get it. I, I did not laugh at that show. I did not enjoy it. I think The Office is far superior, or at least the first five, six years of The Office. Listen, I respect everybody involved. And I, as I said, I like Offerman as a, as a dramatic actor. But, I mean, his comedy, it's literally just, he just does what Will Ferrell does. I haven't done a lot of laughing at Offerman. I'll grant you that. Um, I got a thing with him. He was kind of a prick to a friend of mine once, and it's, it's really Tell st- me about stuck him. in my craw. Tell me about him. Why you discard dead? Uh, it's not my me. story to tell. I'll let him tell you when I'll when when we see the friend. I'll have him tell you. You can't just tell the story and not name the friend. I don't think I remember exactly what it is, and I'm afraid I'm going to tell it, and it's going to look like I'm an asshole. Okay. Because I can't. I'm not telling it right. All right. But I, I trust me. If you heard it, you'd be annoyed. It was one of those things like he made a joke to him, and Offerman just kind of stared at him, like, uh-huh, okay, yeah. It's like, dude. Be a human being, for Christ's sakes. Actors get this thing where they they don't know how to be human beings, and it's really tough. It's tough. Uh, I met Bob Saget last night. did a comedy show with him. Yeah. Great guy. I've always really been nice. Really nice guy. The nicest guy in the world. Three minutes into meeting him, I said uh, he was making dinner plans with somebody, and I said, Bob, in the meantime, till they're available, what do you say you and I go out? We get to know one another. Yeah. And I uh, jumped right in. He's like, yeah, I'll bring the wife. Are you single? And I go, of course I'm single. That's why I'm asking you out. What are we doing here? And yeah. he's like, all right, well, let's go out and try to score, man. <laughs> right. Fine. Well, we're not going to really go out. Yeah. But he, yeah, it's a guy. He goes, yeah, I get it. I don't know you. It's weird. We're just joking around. I'm at Saget maybe in 04. He came to Saturday Night Live. And he was outside. And it's the kind of thing where, like, you bring him. You, might, you, you think you should bring him up because he's a celebrity. But then the place was so fucking snobby that you were worried that he wouldn't be cool enough. And I was like, I don't know, man, if I can just let you up. Like, you'd do it if it was Paul McCartney or something. But he's like, um, well, I'm here to see Billy. Is that cool? Like, he's like, I can call up to him. I just, I'm here to see Billy. I'm like, who do you mean? I realized Green Day was hosting that week. Uh-huh. So I'm like, this guy's here to see Billy Joe Armstrong? They were, you know, uh, still, it was American Idiot days. Call up, sure enough, they're like dear, dear friends. I bring him up, he's like, Bob! Oh, fuck yeah! He's friends with everybody. Yeah. I went to his birthday party one time. Uh-huh. Fucking Beach Boys were there. Norman Lear was there. Okay. It, was, it, was, it was insanity. Guy knows everybody. He's just a real nice guy. I think everybody just really likes him. All right. Talk to him. This is where my comedy knowledge comes in handy. Like, I was talking, I was like, I remember the first time I saw you do comedy. It was when I was about 10 or 11 and Full House was still on and and I recalled a fucking joke. And he was like, yeah. He, he was like, yeah. Mom upside down was dad's favorite thing. I was like, yeah, dude. I remember that. Me and my friends couldn't believe that you were like a dirty comic. Yeah. Uh, nice guy. Very nice guy. Very funny, too. His set was very, very funny. Now, Joe, you've got Gardetto's snack mix here. I actually, not only did I not know they still made it, I thought it was a Missouri-only treat because I only had it in Missouri when I was a kid. 
It's every bit as delicious as it always was. But still, it all boils down to the pretzels and the brown chips. What are the brown chips? And why are they so good? They're like pieces of uh, rye bread. Or, okay. Or, or, that makes sense. Uh, wait, wait. What's that brown bread called? Not rye. Pumpernick? Pumpernickel, yeah. Because everything else in here is kind of worthless, but the pretzels and the brown are. They made a. Uh, I was with our dear friend Pinkstone once in a store, and I heard him exclaim, finally, like my dream come true, grabs a bag, all brown chips. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I've been waiting forever for this. They finally did it. That and a, a thing of hummus? Incredible. Oh, fuck the hummus. That and a, a, a nice orange juice. Salty orange juice. sweet. Yeah. You go with salty sweet. Do they have different flavors? Do they do like a, an herb? And uh... they j- The bag just said all brown chips. Right. I don't know if it had a flavor. But That's... when you bought these today, were there only original recipe or were there different flavors? Pat, I, I love that you think that I was in any state of mind to even look at the bag. I right. just grabbed it off the thing on my way to the register. I, I was like, this this will do. I hope the fans are enjoying me chewing directly into the microphone. People don't like it. We've gotten shit for it before. I try to pull it away, but then I also have to offer my great comments. How many mimosas in are we? I'm feeling it. <laughs> right, what, what, what we have here is the end of the bottle. Oh, no. We're out of them? Well, Jesus. That's a problem. Did you hear that reaction? That's a problem. <laughs> you seem crestfallen. I don't, well, I don't throw the word crestfallen around. I got to be honest with you. I bought the 12 pack of Miller High Life. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm going drinking after this. Uh now do we do we and I, do you and I get to keep drinking or do you got to go like go home and do shit? All I got to do is is uh take a cab f- 10 minutes from here at 4:50. All right, so we can hang for a little while. Yeah. It's about fucking time, you know? We hung yesterday. We didn't. I went and got I got dinner with you while you bitched about your job. It's like I don't even exist anymore. <laughs> but a hang can be a bitch about that. I'm kidding. Pat, I'm kidding. I just it's just fun to that was a the, good, good little anecdote. It was a it was one of the best I've ever heard. Pat texted me and said, "I can't never mind. Let's move on." Yeah, no, let's I can't, not, yeah. can't get too deep in. Yeah, this. let's not get into it. Uh, I also shared an anecdote anecdote with you that I can't get into. Correct. Uh, but it was a real Bitch session over there at the Tam O'Shanner. Yeah. Chowing down on fucking fried chicken and, and prime rib. The chicken wasn't fried. It was uh, organic and healthy. Was it good? It came with kale. It was, it was very good, but as you said, $28. Place is overpriced. Now, for fucking chicken. You can get two a whole podcasts. chicken over at Vaughn's for $6. Two podcasts now we've bitched about the prices at the Tam O'Shanner, and I think it's valid. I don't know that it has global appeal, but. Guess how much the shrimp cocktail is. 12. 18. No. Nope. 18. No. Nope. And it's not even like giant shrimp. By the way, the chicken you get at a Rouse, you can get organic for $8. And it's no different than the chicken you're getting at the TAM. Uh, look, as I want, that's what I'm and saying. I was like, which size does it come with? They do great sides there. None of them. It comes with no soup, no salad. Yeah, no the salad. waitress just goes, it only comes with the, the kale, walnut, whatever the fuck it was. It was yeah. something nobody wants. A couple of kale flakes. The uh, no, and I've said to our dear friend Vince Averill, you know, about the TAM. I said there's a lot of there's a lot of Ramsey no nos on that menu. I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan. The man, in my opinion, is the greatest chef in the world. I have yeah. followed his recipes, sort of, and it has made everything I have cooked ten thousand times better. Okay, I can't imagine how good it is when he cooks it. 
He's a practical recipist. Yeah, but he he knows what he's doing, and he's got he's got menu no nos. Yeah, and he's like, you know, if there's pictures on the menu, get the fuck out. Okay, you know, I don't think he means at a diner, you know, but like at a restaurant. They don't got pictures of the tam. Huh? They don't got pictures. No, of the they tam. don't. But he would have a. Your one example. Is I not, guarantee not fucking to you, he'd shit fit over that fucking eighteen dollars shrimp cocktail. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't approve. He goes to play like he. He'll go to a restaurant. and He'll be like, "How much is a meal for just one person?" Appetizer, and he means appetizer, dessert, everything. Yeah, it'll be like seventy-five bucks. He's like seventy-five. Are you fucking mad? You know, like yeah. So. We didn't even get dessert and appetizers, and our meals were $60. Yeah. He would have a fucking shit fit over there. He'd lose his mind. They're also at the higher end of, like, pints. A Guinness pint in an Irish pub shouldn't be $8. Their mixed drinks shouldn't be $14. Ridiculous. And it's kind of a Los Feliz thing. Like, this is not a super affluent neighborhood, but all these bars, including our treasured roost, are, are overpriced. The roost, I got to go down and have a talk with them, man. This, this is ridiculous. I think we're keeping them alive. We, shot, we certainly were for a while. A shot of whiskey is $7. What, what, what the fuck is happening? That's crazy. It's crazy. Like, the well is 6 for yeah. a shot. Yeah. Now, granted, it's a nice pour. place I'm going today is Bordner's, where you and I went prior to the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. And he's referring to uh, when we went shopping at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> they do a 4 to 8... Uh, happy hour every day. Just a tremendous happy hour. Sunday all day. And it is any appetizer you want, including a spectacular nacho, for five bucks. It is well drinks for four. Mm-hmm. Any beer for four. They have CBD shots, or they did until very recently, for five, which means like you get high for five dollars. It's an amazing place. And it's in the heart of Hollywood. It's always packed. Drop, if you drop your beer prices a dollar, you'll have double the people. People don't get it. I never understood. Um, it's, you know, you gotta... I'm dropping 20 bucks on the jukebox every time I go there. I've yet to hear a song I played. Where? Roost. Oh, you gotta do the app. I love the, the Roost. Now listen, folks. If you find yourself in the Roost and you see a little special they have there, it's a $10 Miller High Life and a shot of Jim Beam. That's uh, courtesy of me. It's a shit special. No my, offense. Well, I know, but here's the thing. My dear friend uh, Nick Rutherford and I were in there, and we pitched them for about 30 minutes one night. We chewed Cy's ear off, Cy's the owner. Like, Cy, you got to have a good shot beer special. Yeah. Make it 10 bucks even. But you got to have a good shot beer special. And she, she really took it in, and then she did it. And when I went in, she was showing me, like, look, I did it, I did it. I was so excited. Then you get it. And it's a smaller shot than the regular one they give you. And a pony beer. God damn it. This is my legacy, I said to her. I feel like that is a worse deal than buying a shot and a beer separately. Well, it is. For, well, that'll cost you 14 which is crazy. Right. But, but at least you're getting the full service. There's a bartender in there who mocks me. Yeah. She's my favorite bartender in all the city, but she mocks me. She goes, you want the little baby drinks? <laughs> Where do they get off? Or do you want the big boy drinks? We're keeping the place on the map. Uh, I I think so. I think we're doing a lot of good for them. We promote them every week. I'd love to take you if I could. No, you never. To I'm not wasn't done. 
down to the place where I say on with the show. And in doing so, on with the... It takes two seconds of thought before you leave. Joe one knows gannon out, gannon out, out. Oh, there you go. Could have said Joe one Joe's, but then you're getting too far away from even what the song. <clears throat> there you go. I can't believe you never did that one. Queens before. of the Joan age, folks. I saw Eagles of Death Metal last night. I know you did. Uh, they were great. They were really they great. Have gone. I was asleep. That front man is amazing. He got pretty weird after that. Like. Uh, mass shooting thing at one of their shows he got a little weird started getting online weird but i think he got some help what do you mean um what do you mean weird doing a lot of like weird public posts about shit but you know a lot of people died at one of their shows yeah yeah no it's terrible i think he had some mental stuff but he got got rid of it he uh he is an awesome front man and he's an old school front man he's one of those guys that he's like he's like Ted Nugent style. He looks just, he's grizzled, man. He looks like he's 58 years old up there, just killing it. Jesse Hughes. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed them, man. They were, they were a lot of fun. It's a pretty good documentary about them on HBO, directed by an acquaintance of mine, Colin Hanks, son of Tom. Yeah, I always wanted to meet Colin Hanks. Very nice guy. He, he seems like a nice kid. And I feel like if you're talking to him, you kind of feel like you were talking to young Tom Hanks. No difference. Yeah. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, that's that's great. All right. I guess I'll take us down to Pat's movie corner. Uh I think I got enough here. Um I have three. We're not gonna do Hold the Dark, that Netflix picture on here, probably. You're not gonna watch that. Uh I don't know what Hold the Dark is. I have a dark song which was also on Netflix. Are we gonna do that or no? I don't even know what that is either. I did. I watched Hold the Dark. All right, let's skip. Let's just do two each. Let's let's skip Hold the Dark, and and I'll skip a dark song, and maybe we do those okay. on the show. But because the dark song I... is is a very critically acclaimed new horror movie. Oh, all right, I'll check it out. Um, so let's just do two. I saw, and we're gonna do Unsane on here. Maybe we're gonna do Upgrade on here. Maybe. Upgrade, we are. Sorry, I still haven't watched it. I'll watch it. What the right. fuck is Unsane? It's a Soderbergh picture, and, uh, I, and in truth, I didn't finish it. I thought it I, was... I can't even sit through that goddamn thing. Okay. You know, they it all shot on the iPhone. I don't right. give a fuck. I, I don't want to watch it. I'll just do a couple TV shows here. I finished Succession on HBO. I had mentioned that before. I had heard that it got better and better, and it did. I don't think it's even amongst the... Even approaching the upper level of the HBO dramas of the past, but it's pretty entertaining. It's uh, kind of good, juicy, trashy fun. Brian Cox is great, and the whole cast is great. I recommend it if you're looking for a binge show. Um, there's mine, Joe. <laughs> I'll add uh, in a bonus because that was so short. Culture Shock is a new documentary. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to when they air it. It's like every couple weeks there'll be one. First one was about Freaks and Geeks. It's like a two-hour documentary about Freaks and Geeks, interviewing almost all the key players. Fantastic. I loved it. Then they did one on Bring the Pain, the Chris Rock special. Oh, really? Another great documentary. A lot of great insight from people, including 
my my friend Tony Rock, brother of Chris, Tony. who I always wanted to ask about Chris, but I never did because I always felt like you know sometimes brothers get weird. They're both doing the same thing. Nah, he doesn't care, man. He opened right up about him and how great that special was, and it was very cool. Yes, uh, great story about you know arguably the best stand up special of our lifetime. Bring the pain. Uh, I recommend them both. They're great documentaries about things you actually give a shit about. I rewatched Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Not much more to say. We've all we've discussed it. We love it. It's an amazing horror film. It's the birth of the running zombie, and it's actually done right, whereas a lot of running zombie movies are done wrong. Um, it's just an awesome, awesome old school zombie movie, uh, and it's what a zombie movie should be. The, the zombies should be ghoulish and slimy and things. That's what makes them fun. You know, this shit about an infection broke out. And now everybody has the rage or what? Who cares? I want to see a decomposing thing. All right. Um, but just on rewatch, which I did, you know, for Halloween. This was a while ago at this point. Uh, I, I just think it's a perfect fall horror movie. And uh, I suggest you you put it in your queue if you can. I haven't seen it in 25 years. You should get the Shout Factory or Scream Factory, excuse me. I have it. I haven't even opened the it. The doc is fantastic. The I doc watched is fantastic. three episodes of a show called Maniac on Netflix. Can't bring myself to hit play on the thing. It looks like the most pretentious, annoying fucking thing ever created. Well, it is. <laughs> I just, I, as, as much, everyone I know is like, I just can't bring myself to watch it. Why, what's keeping me at a distance from it? It's Jonah Hill. It's Emma Stone. Two actors I generally like. Corey uh, Fukunawa, who did the first season of True Detective, which obviously was incredible. And just something was, was not calling to me about it. I sat down. I, for, I force-fed myself three of them. It may get better. It may not. I'll never know. I mean, this thing was just joyless, miserable. It looked kind of cool. It also just sort of looked like a Blade Runner rehash. But uh, it's not a comedy, right? I think it is supposed to be a comedy. There's nothing funny in it. Oh, God. Um, It wasn't good. I don't know what else to say. It looked like it cost people a great deal of money. It wasn't good. Um. I, I can't bring myself to look at the fucking thing. And isn't it just another one of these goddamn, like, we go in your head and implant memories, like total recall things? Pretty much. It's like, can we, rem- you know, remove painful memories and stuff like that? It's a lot like very eternal sunshine influenced, but just not not holding me. All right. At all. And Jonah Hill, like... When he is, he's trying to do that sort of Jim Carrey thing of just like, I'll stare vacantly into space and that'll be like a deep performance. But you got to have a little more than that going on. Like depressed on screen does not read unless you're bringing some other element to it. Like one of the most realistic portrayals of of depression, honestly, is Billy Bob Thornton and Bad Santa. Yeah, that's real depression. You staring into space. Nobody needs to make a show about a guy staring into space because he's so depressed. No, you want to see an active depressive on on screen. You want to see absolutely. a guy or a girl who's who's act, they're acting out because of the pain. Yeah, I mean, anybody that's just sitting and sulking, you're like, well, Jesus Christ, what what, what is this movie about? A couch? This is sucks. Right. 
like Catcher in the Rye is is justly a famous book because it gets into the head, the mind of a depressed person, and like how everything just seems phony to him and the, everything else. Like it's it's all these years later, a, a classic book and deserves to be. It's beautifully written, gets you inside the brain of a depressed person. A movie can't do that. It, you you can't have a passive, vacant staring into space protagonist. It just doesn't work. You have to give me something else to look at. Speaking of Jim Carrey and the utter dipshit he's become. Oh, yeah. He won you this. seen that show? I, I refuse. I ain't seen that either. Kidding. I refuse. Uh, he gets the fucking Charlie Chaplin Award for comedy. Yeah. This happened a few weeks ago. Based gets on it. what? His work from 25 years ago? I guess so. I don't know. Gets up. Of course, turns it into a whole political speech thing, whatever. I can live with that. That's what people do. As he's trashing these modern times and these horrid people uh, in power and all this stuff, whatever, he starts spouting off about how we all need to follow the ethics of a man like Charlie Chaplin. This is a guy who had to go to Mexico to marry his second 16-year-old bride, yeah. so he would not get press charges on statutory rape. Right. Are these people, have they lost their fucking minds? Do some minimal research into these people. It's just, it's just insanity. It's insanity. Be consistent. In yeah. some way, be consistent. And then as he's going on about, he actually says, we live in a, we live in a, in, in a, in a society of capitalism without conscience. Fair enough. Man's got... $300 million. Behind him hangs Charlie Chaplin Awards sponsored by American Airlines. <laughs> the, 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 the cocksucker-iest of all the cocksucking airlines. American Airlines. The worst of the fucking worst. Now, I, I hate them all, but why do you feel American Airlines is worse? They're fucking terrible. Do yourself a favor. Google American Airlines incident. And it's just... Is this the Chinese guy they threw up? No, that was United. Okay. United is the only one I would say could potentially be worse than American Air. American Air is never on time, not accountable for anything. They're horrific. They're horrific. Go and right. Google it. You'll, you'll see. It's just thing after thing after thing after thing. They got a video on there of one of their uh, airline attendants. The guy almost hits a baby in the face with a stroller by accident. And then a guy's like, and the mom's crying, like, you almost just hit my baby in the face. And the guy's like, all right, shut up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. So anyway, so there, uh, and, then, and then he's also one of these guys that goes like, hey, um, you know, I don't, uh, all of this is an illusion. It's all fake. Yeah. None of this is real. Oh, this is simulation. Yeah. It's all nonsense. Are, those guys are the best. Yeah. And I love, I watched him say that once on a red carpet for something, I can't remember what it was. Oh, I saw that clip, yeah. The reporter's so great, she calls him right out. She goes, well, clearly, Jim, you must think, I mean, you dressed up for this, so you must think something of it. Yeah. But he gets up to get the award, and he goes, that was a very believable illusion. What a fucking dildo. You fuck, Jim Carrey. Fuck you, you piece of fucking garbage. Oh, my God. Go, fuck. What the fuck? This was Ace Ventura, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. What happened? What the fuck happened? Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura is, is, is punk rock comedy. It's amazing. Ace Ventura is next level shit. Got no respect at the time. I sat in that theater with my jaw on the floor. I had never seen him live in color. I did not know who he was. 
Couldn't believe my eyes. And this guy now, what infuriates me is he acts like he's no longer capitalist and he's not trying to make shit. He's making like direct-to-DVD shit. He's just not getting the parts, so now he's going to play the capitalism card. Yeah. Yeah. No, and this whole thing is he's like, and I think he says this in the acceptance speech. He's like, he's like, you know, it's just, no, no, this was another clip I saw where he goes, you know, it's just, it's just life is, you know, it's just, it's just the turns you take, man. You know, man, like, like now all of a sudden I'm a painter and a political commentator. And I just, I just go. You're still making movies. People just don't want to see them. Oh my God. You're still making movies, Jim. We all, we all know they're out there. And these are his brilliant commentaries, by the way. On on the midterm election day, he made a p- painting. are always like Trump eating a dollar bill. <laughs> oh, wow, Jim. Oh, no, no. The, worse. The poster of Trump's face on a piece of bread coming out of a toaster. And he goes, yeah, that one's called Your Toast. Applause. Uh, applause break. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. You know, I used to love Entertainment Weekly. And I was I was leafing through one today, trying out my my new elliptical machine. And I said, I'm canceling this subscription. I'm canceling all my magazine subscriptions. It's just every interview is the same. They don't go in depth. Entertainment Weekly people forget this. I I, I was the first subscriber. I got the first issue when I was like nine years old. This magazine is puff pieces after puff pieces after puff pieces. The interview, like, it, it's supposed to be an interview with somebody about the movie, and it's just like, it's like an acceptance speech. Every article is, well, you know, working with Emily Blunt, just the most incredible experience of my life. Then they talk to Emily Blunt. Working with Lin-Manuel Miranda, one of the most incredible experiences of my life. What was it like working with uh, Rob Marshall, the director of Mary Poppins Returns? Rob Marshall, I mean, one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Why am I reading this? <laughs> What am I doing? I get the magazine to the house, so I'm like, I guess I got to read it. What? I'm I'm reading about how great everyone was on the set of Mary Poppins Returns. The uh, what am I doing? Oh boy. Uh, everything is so bad. Everything sucks. I got one more for the new. Uh, Movie Corner. Yes. Finally saw the horror movie Dolls. Never seen it. I liked it very much. Uh, I'll use a term I've used frequently on this podcast in recent episodes. Plays like a dark fairy tale. Oh. Um, you know, it's low budget, so, you know, it's about dolls that come alive and kill people, obviously. Like, But it's a little low budget, so, you know, they have to succumb to certain techniques that aren't the best, like where you see a person getting drugged down a hallway, but it's supposed to be the dolls dragging them, but you can't right. see the dolls. But there are also some cool stop-motion sequences with the actual dolls, and uh, it's just a fun, cool, I guess it's early 90s horror movie. It's a perfect VHS type of horror movie, kind of thing you would have rented back in uh, when you were in high school. I remember seeing it all the time. I feel like it might be like an 87, but I remember it might, it. Yeah, it might even be that old. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it very much. All right. And then the lead actor in it uh, was was really great. And I was like, this guy's so charming. Who is he? I look him up. I was like, oh, he's been all this. And he's dead. Yeah, That's the worst. You look up an actor that you like. You're like, what, uh, this guy's good. Who is he? I want to see more. And then he's dead. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway. We should, we should be due for a uh, puppet master, Littlest Reich. 
DVD sh- release soon, shouldn't we? I bet that'll oh, be it's out already. Out. It's already like streaming and stuff. All right, we should do that on the show. We should watch it. Yeah. I've never seen any of the Puppet Master. Uh, I've I heard own Lilith Reich is insane. I own all of them. Uh, I, I have a hard time sitting through them. Uh, I, I find them fun and charming, but they're not movies that are going to, in my opinion, keep your attention. Yeah. Um, but Littlest Reich is supposedly, yeah, madness. Like, really vulgar and really violent. Written by the guy who did Cell Block 19? Yes. Brawl on Cell Block 99. And the upcoming Mel or Cell Block Vince 19 Vaughn vehicle. Huh? <laughs> you, you call it Cell Block 19. Assault on Brawl, Precinct 13? Brawl and Cell Block 99. I'm thinking of Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. Sorry. Pat, let me give you a little scream, NN. Get the nails. Joe's crucifying me because I said something wrong. Let me give you a little scream, NN, news Please. psycho. They released the trailer for Leprechaun. Is it Resurrection? Ugh. Well, listen. That's le- one of the first we ever did. You and me, Leprechaun, <laughs> yeah. like two days before Christmas. Leprechaun is not a good film. No. Leprechaun Returns, it's called. Excuse me. Uh, Leprechaun is not a good film. The sequels are even worse. Progressively, they just get worse and worse and worse. Um, However, I will say this. I always thought the franchise had potential. I thought the idea of a demonic leprechaun was very cool and freaky. And they did a remake or, or a new version of Leprechaun a few years back that the WWE film company produced for some reason. Um... And they said it was going to be back to getting it, making it scary and all this. I was excited about that. Terrible movie because they turned the leprechaun just into this faceless thing that runs around and eats people. Like it doesn't, it's not a leprechaun. It's just like a weird demon that you don't give a shit about. Um, So then they announced they're going to do Leprechaun Returns. And it's going to be a direct sequel to the first film. Danny McBride Halloween style. Okay. I'm like, okay. So not great? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm excited about this. They said, we're recasting the role. It's not going to be Warwick Davis. Wasn't thrilled about that, but I thought, all right, maybe they're just trying to get the old movies out of everybody's head so they can rebrand this as frightening. They said, it's going to be scary. It's going to be this. I start the trailer up. It's got the guy from Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure who's in the original Leprechaun. Uh I'm like, holy shit, man. This might be pretty cool. How's he looking? He looks the, literally the same. All right. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is shit, man. They're, they're doing it. This, this looks like it might be all right. Then the leprechaun pops out. And this fucking thing starts going for jokes that I can't even... I mean, these <laughs> like, like jokes that Leslie Nielsen would have scoffed at. <laughs> uh, yet every write-up I read about this thing, people are saying like, they bring the horror back with a little bit of fun. It's like, no, this is a slapstick fucking comedy yeah. with the tiniest dose of horror in it. I, I just don't understand, man. Look, I'm, I got no beef with horror comedy, but why the fuck would you make such a big deal out of be re- relaunching this franchise? We're going to do a direct sequel to the first one. We're going to make it scary again. We're going to right the wrongs of, of Leprechaun in the Hood and all right. those awful sequels. And then you make something that literally looks worse than any of those and also doesn't star Warwick Davis. So why does anybody want to see this now? Do you remember any of the jokes? One of them, he's flying on a, uh, a drone, like one of those remote-controlled helicopter drones. 
That's one of them. Okay. Uh, that at that point I shut the trailer off. Um, no, I don't remember any of the of the. Yeah, it's like, but it's literally you're not being... trying to go for the old audience because it seems like you're slapping that in the face. But you're also not going to get anybody new with no. the guy from Pee Wee's Big Adventure and a leprechaun on a drone. It's literally things like where the leprechaun will be like, you know, uh, uh, you know. I think you stole me gold, so I'm going to stick this stick up your hole. And then sticks his oh. stick. I mean, I'm making that up. But wow. it's that bad. Like, And then he sticks his, a stick up a guy's asshole. It's literally that bad. Yeah. It's fucking... Oh, God damn it. You know what I want to see? I want to see a fucking leprechaun movie starring Jim Carrey. That'd really light me the fuck up. <laughs> As the leprechaun? I mean, why not? As all the characters, Jim. Because you're so see... you're so enlightened. Why don't you play everybody in the whole fucking movie? This is a horror podcast. Do you ever see a little picture called the number twenty three? Dog shit, appalling. Dog shit. Sort of the beginning of the end, really. Virginia Madison rivals only Travolta in the realm of amazing comeback from bad decisions. Yeah. Right back to horrible decisions. Yeah. They both won those Oscars. Did Travolta win for Pulp Fiction? Was nominated, whatever the fuck it was. Nominated, didn't win. Tom Hanks won for Forrest Gump. She won for uh, Sideways. Right. And it's like, dude, you just got her. Her house was. She almost lost her house. It's like an amazing, inspirational story about somebody like picking it up and making it work again. Did she win for Sideways? Yeah, I would say undeserved. She goes right back to like. It's like, what are you doing? You said yes to the number 23, but no to the Candyman sequel? Yeah. The Candyman sequel was better. I got news for you. Yeah. People are always... She was nominated. She did not win. That was at a time where people were taking chances with Jim Carrey because he was so famous. Little did they know he was spiraling out of control and making terrible movies. Yeah. Because Judd Apatow said once about the cable guy. He was like, I made it. I'm producing the next Jim Carrey movie. And he goes, and then everybody was like, we don't like this. Even though the cable guy's a masterpiece, in my opinion, cable guy's great. It, time is time is the only real real way you can know how good something is. And this race, like right now, we're in this position where there's a month and a half left in the year. What what are going to be the nominees for best picture? I mean, can they can they find five? They're allowed to nominate ten. Can they find three? I guarantee two of them will be like cartoons. Yeah. Um, but like when you look back at like best pictures past, once in a while, the the winner will be something that like stands the test of time. More times than not, it's it's shit like the artist. The artist won best picture. Who will ever watch the artist again? What was that? The bl- was that the silent movie? Black and white silent movie <laughs> with a French actor and a dog. It was like sort of cute for thirty minutes and then insanely boring. But it is about an artist who used to like get to do what he wants, but now he doesn't get to make his art anymore, and he's sad. And all these washed up people who vote for the Oscars are like, "That's my story. I'm an artist who doesn't get to tell my tale." So that's the best picture of this year. And if you take any of this shit seriously, you should be ashamed of yourself. The uh, I th- I get the things about voting and whatever. I throw them right in the trash. Like you, you want me to vote for? I vote. I feel like at least I can I can get some good you know performances and good scripts yeah, up there. They're all fucking Writers Guild yeah. Awards. I vote. SAG Awards. I vote. I'm like, 
Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd I'd at least rather something good get a nomination, but my vote's not going to make any difference, just like with the world, but I do it. Uh, you vote <clears> this year, Joe? I tried to. You vote I, in your actually, midterm election? For the first time in my life, I tried to vote. What do you mean, tried to? I found at the last minute that because I never got a California driver's license, I was not registered here, and it was too late to do so. You um, couldn't have hopped over to New York City? Yeah, let me just get a quick flight. Uh, uh, I don't. I'm not registered in New York. Well, no, I guess I am because I have a driver's license from there. But I get my new license on December 14th. But this was the first time ever in my life that I was going to vote, and yeah. I felt really good about it. I felt like I was doing the right thing, and then watched the news for like two days after I wasn't able to, and immediately was like, "Oh, it's pointless. This is awful." Yeah. Me, is me awful. and the lady walked over to our polling place. You know, 7:30 a.m. And I hand my ballot over to the lady. She's like, thanks. I fill it out at home ahead of time. Thanks. Throws it in a box. I'm like, you don't need to see my ID or anything? Something struck me as very weird. At a time when everyone is up in arms about this shit, I'm like, I put my ID in my sweatpants because I assumed you'd need to check. Let me tell you something. You go to Amoeba Records. Yeah. You go to Amoeba Records. Joe. There are there there are six plain clothes security guards yeah. that will tackle you to the ground right. if you try to steal the new uh, Mud Honey record or whatever. Yeah, you go in to vote. It's like some soccer lady sell, yeah. that sells Girl Scout cookies that volunteered her time. It's absurd. And I'm it's not absurd. Saying, like my another straight white Democrat vote needs to be counted in L.A. I'm saying people are getting fucked out of their vote. Yeah. Polling places are being shut down. People are using bullshit to keep minorities from voting. So check my ID, for God's sake. I mean, you can't, you can't get out the door at Target without somebody scrutinizing your receipt. That's right. It's... And I said, you need to see my ID. Then her answer should be, yeah, I'd, I'd rather double check it. She goes, nah, and turns over to somebody else. And I go, yeah, you go in, you got I go, can I show you my ID? She goes, are you who you say you are? I go, yeah. She goes, you're good. Yeah. I have a feeling if I was a black guy, they would have checked my ID. I hate to be, I hate to take it there. But she was just like, nah, I know. I see you. You're, you're good. You got Peggy Bundy running the fucking. It was gross. It was real gross. Anyway, folks. Um, All right, we're at the 50-minute mark. We haven't even graced oh up well, against really this movie. We're chatty today. It must be the eight mimosas we've drank. <laughs> Did you eat anything yet today? Just the, a couple Gardetto's pretzels. <sighs> I'm going to be in bad shape later. We should go eat something. Um, ah, fuck it. I got to go all night here on No This Food. is my food. <laughs> this is my food. Look what they did to your father. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do to my kids when I have them. Uh, we're going to talk about Clue. I work with Mr. Martin Mull, and last week, Leslie Ann Warren became a love interest for him. In real life, not on the show. Yeah. Well, he yeah. Re- he loves her. He requested her, uh, and she was great in the part. It's my f- probably my favorite episode we've done. It's a very heartfelt episode, and it's extremely funny. The A story and the B story are, are awesome. But Mull and Leslie Ann Warren, we shot this joke. We're probably not going to air it because I don't tend to love shit like this. <laughs> But at the blow of one of the scene, Martin goes, you know, you look a lot like Miss Scarlet from that movie Clue. And then she goes, 
I, that's so so crazy you say that because you remind me of Colonel Mustard. Right. We shot it. The crew laughed. I, I like stuff like that. I ain't gonna put it in the show. I find it gross. But I like stuff like that. There was a great one on uh, uh, Last Man Standing. Come on, man. Where uh, they go, Tim? Why are you always so into home improvement? Did you see that? I told you about. I know. This. I'm joked. That's yeah. why I'm doing it. Like you didn't. Like I was. Yeah. I can't. I can't then do the clue bit and also gripe about <laughs> shit like that. Why uh, are you so into home improvement? They did the joke twice on last night. <laughs> but um, she couldn't have been more delightful. She was a little odd, which I liked. Um, she has kind of like a Diane Keaton thing. Like she can make any line interesting and like in, in, infuse it with like some cool, weird shit. I loved her. I loved Martin Mull. And I told Martin when we were about to shoot, I was like, Dude, I gotta. I watched Clue this weekend. I gotta be honest with you. You look better now at seventy five than you looked in Clue when right. you were forty two. And he goes, "Well, I quit drinking when I was forty three, but uh, so that that tells you that when Clue shot, I was at my most alcoholic." <laughs> and he goes, "I was a raging alcoholic from like age thirteen to forty three. So all right, I got two more years." He said, I, I basically put my entire life's worth of drinking into that stretch. But uh, he goes, I was constantly drunk at that time. I would drink tumbler after tumbler of scotch throughout the day. I would wake up and do a Bloody Mary to get rid of my hangover and then be like, well, now it's lunchtime. I guess I can start drinking scotch again. Very open about all that stuff. And he said, like, they called him up to do Clue, and he was like, Look, man, it's this guy, Jonathan Lynn, who's a great comedy director. My cousin, Vinny, greedy, all kinds of shit. Oh, nice. And he goes, uh, look, man, I, I'd love to come do this movie. I want to do it, but I don't look great. I look like I've just been drinking for weeks. I haven't been working, and I don't look great. So, And he goes, well, see, that's it's a British director. So Mole said that he goes, you know, I'm going to tell you something that's going to make your day, Marty. American directors, they always want you to be thin and fit. <laughs> Colonel Mustard? I want you fat. I want you bloated. Not only do I want you to keep drinking like you're drinking, I want you to start eating pizzas and burgers. I want you fat and, and just to be like, you know, the movie's got a bit of social commentary. You should be like a rich, fat, pompous asshole. So Martin was like, great. So just started pounding beers, eating pizza. It is perfect for the role. He does look much better now than he did. He looks no, like, he looks healthier now. But he, he looks bad in Clue. Uh, but the, but it, fits the, it does fit the role. I agree. He's, he's like this, this military brat. I agree. You know. I see you in hell. You know I will. I see you in hell. You know I will. The, uh, I, I love... I lo now let's get into the movie. I love it. Clue, for me... Everyone that I knew always loved it when I was a kid, and I'd always be like, huh, I don't love it as much as you, and I don't know why. So when I revisited it, I respected the dialogue a lot. I respected the performances a lot. For whatever reason, this is one of those that didn't like become <clears throat> one of my childhood teen-year classics like it did for a lot of people. But I think it's a very fun, entertaining movie. I love the film. Uh I quote it, uh, I, you know, first of all, the, the cast is stellar. You've got Tim Curry at his best. Tim Curry is awesome. Imagine having to memorize that dialogue. It's nuts. Every scene is an endless monologue. You got Tim Curry. You got Michael McKeon. 
Madeline Kahn. You've got Madeline Kahn. You've got Martin Mull. You've got uh, the woman from Private Benjamin, who I don't know her name, but she's fucking hilarious. Um, her ooh, Golden. What is she her? plays? Miss Peacock. Eileen Brennan. You've got what's his face Leslie from Ann Warren. Mr. Body, Leslie Ann Warren, and then the guy that I plays Fear. Yeah, Mr. Body's lead singer, Fear. Yeah, it's just a tremendous fucking cast. Um, and it is sinister at times, but it's a very, very funny farcical film. Uh, it's my favorite Madeline Kahn performance ever right? because she's playing this woman that is like on the edge of a nervous breakdown right? who you think is innocent but you absolutely believe could have murdered multiple people. Yeah. Well, everyone uh, talks about that monologue. Flames on yeah. the side of my face. And that's what I'm talking about. I had, I had heard this like built up in lore forever as being one of the funniest scenes ever. It didn't make me laugh. And I love Madeline Kahn. Well, it's just funny because she goes, I hate him so much. Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently it was improvised, which is cool. But she's, she, it, just, it just strikes me as somebody that's, that's about to unravel. Yes. Uh, my favorite line in the entire movie is, I got all my money in the war when I lost my mommy and daddy, which yeah. is Martin Mole's line. Right. Um, oh, you've got, well, the lady from My Blue Heaven is in it. Um, she plays the maid. Holy Christ. Oh, Colleen Camp. Yeah. Wow. Dan Aykroyd's wife. Really? Met her in uh, New York when he was passing around the uh, drugs and booze. He had, she was there. Beautiful lady. Um, she's like, when I was a kid, I mean, she was like the most gorgeous woman I'd ever played. And that's kind of sure. the, that's, I'm not reducing her role to being hot. Like, that's kind of the part. Like, as everybody, like, in yeah. the movie, like, is, is super attractive. She's like this sexy French maid. Well, the movie I would compare it to, because I love this kind of door-slamming farce-type stuff. Frasier has a lot of episodes like this. I'd like to do a... We should do a remake of Clue with grammar in the Tim Curry role. That'd be great. Be awesome. They're remaking Clue with Ryan Reynolds is remaking Clue. I don't know who he's playing. I'll, I'll piss on your fucking face right now. I thought you like Ryan Reynolds. I like him, but not for Clue. Ryan Reynolds would be great in any of these parts. He's got that fast delivery. He's kind of our modern-day Chevy Chase. I like Ryan Reynolds. All right, you're right. You're right. I like Ryan Reynolds. I got no beef with that. But I got to tell you, fine, I like it. But I got to tell you, Grammer and David Hyde Pierce need to be in that goddamn movie. Of course, they they should be in it. Of course. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of Frasier, and those two and Mahoney... Their performances in that show are just incredible. It's impeccable. Grammar can pull a laugh out of anything. Yeah. He delivers lines so fucking funny. He's so much funnier than he was on Cheers on Frasier. Cheers is the superior show, but when given that spotlight, Grammar really brings that fucking heat. He fucking runs with it, man. Yeah, he's great. Pierce's physical comedy is insane. The thing where he's trying to hop up onto the counter to talk to... Yes. He's yet to do much. I'm on season four. He's yet to do much physical comedy. This is in the first season. He's trying to hop oh. up onto the counter oh. to be cool. Okay, yes, I remember. And, uh, and he hops so high, he hits his head on the light. The hanging <laughs> light falls down, bangs his face on the fridge. And yeah. It's fucking hilarious, man. Yeah. But yeah, Grammar's, Grammar's delivery of like the he's, one where they're trying good. to fix the toilet. And he's yeah. like, well, we rolled up our sleeves, Niles. And we did... <laughs> Yeah, he's great. Fucking daintiest fucking work. So funny, uh, man. I started this sentence eight, nine minutes ago. Sure. A similar movie to Clue that I prefer 
that meant more to me as a kid and that I still think is super funny is Noises Off. Yeah. Noises Off was a huge hit play in Britain, and they made it as a movie with John Ritter, yeah. Michael Caine, Christopher Reeve. Nicolette Sheridan plays the Colleen Camp role. She's running around a negligee the whole time. Right. But it's behind the scenes of putting on a, a play like this, a farce kind of play, but the behind the scenes is like a real-life version of that. It's uh, If you have not seen that movie, and many, many people have not, directed by Peter Bogdanovich, who we mentioned on the last podcast. Yeah. It's a great, yeah. Man, that's a funny movie to me. And I love the kind of racing around fast dialogue. Clue, I just, like, there are big laughs. Michael McKean, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. <laughs> Obviously very funny. It's freeze frame. Yeah. Freeze frame on that <laughs> yeah. line, and it ends. I mean, that yes. is one of the greatest last lines of a movie ever. There's big laughs in it. The three ending structure is cool. I am not old enough to recall the theatrical release where I guess every theater had its own ending. Isn't that cool? Every well, every screening cool. had different every screening yeah. had different endings. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. Un- unquestionably cool. And John Landis, um, who murdered a uh, Vietnamese family, as we discussed <laughs> on the, on a recent podcast. I John Landis, and it's a shame that that happened, but one easily a top comedy director for me of all time. I mean, for a stretch. You look at that. You look at those credits for about a ten-year stretch. He's he's unparalleled. Knows how to shoot comedy. He was all set to direct Clue. He had the idea for Clue. He had made a lot of progress on the script of Clue, and then had to go do Spies Like Us. So Jonathan Lint. He had Tom Stoppard, who wrote Shakespeare in Love, try to crack a Clue screenplay for two years, and then finally say, "I give up. I can't do it." Right. Tom Stoppard, who's like won Oscars. So he brings in this guy, Jonathan Lynn. He's like, I just want, for some reason, I want a British sensibility. Jonathan Lynn writes it. He's never directed. And Lannis is like, I got to go do this uh, Spies Like Us. So why don't you direct it? Never directed. And it led to a long career. Are you a Spies Like Us fan? I think it's very funny. It's okay. That was a time when those guys could do no wrong for me. But Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, the part that makes me laugh out loud is the when the golf ball flies in the tent and Bob Hope walks in and they do the sure. three stooges like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that really makes me laugh every time. Jonathan Lynn, uh, also had a pretty incredible run on the lower end of the spectrum. His biggest hit being probably my cousin, Vinny, Oscar uh, nominated. Yes. But he did the whole nine yards, which is a very funny yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Whole 10 yards sucks. Yeah. Greedy. With Michael J. Fox and Enjoyable. Phil Hartman is a super funny movie. Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas. One of his final roles before he had the stroke where, you know, where he could yes. still uh, you know, talk fully fully. One of my favorite Phil Hartman lines ever. You know, honey, I didn't like the Beatles and I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> he directed Sergeant Bilko, which when I saw when I was fourteen I loved. Steve Martin still says he thinks it's a very funny film and it didn't get the shot that it deserved. I dug it. I, I never saw it. It looked, it just didn't look interesting to me. But yeah. uh, the the sitcom with Phil, what's his face, is considered. Never seen that. It's either. considered like like if you watch like comedy documentaries and stuff about like the 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 golden age and yeah. we'll talk about Phil Silver's like. Like, he was the master. It's right. like, kind of like how we talk about, like, a tell. Yeah. Where you're like, you know, he's not that famous. He's famous in his own way, but you know what I mean? Like, right. he's not a household name. 
Well, Bilko had, I mean, Hartman, Aykroyd, Martin, Chris Rock. It was a pretty incredible cast. To me, I haven't seen it in since theaters, but I bet I would still like it. He also did Nuns on the Run, your beloved Nuns on the Run, which no, I no. saw at the Dollar the Show. The Pope Must Diet is my beloved, and I said, I want to make a sequel called In a Pope Priet. Yes. I saw Nuns on the Run at the Dollar Show. It was PG-13. There is a scene in it with 20 women in a shower, fully frontally nude. My mom nearly had a heart attack, yanked me out of my seat. Uh, but I do love Nuns on the Run. I think Robbie Coltrane is an amazing, amazing actor that has... Hagrid. Barely gotten... I mean, he's always working, but does the guy ever get recognition? Did you see no. that TV show where he plays like the guy that gets... The entertainer that gets accused of rape? No. It's like one of the darkest things I've ever seen. He's what is it? fucking amazing singing in detective? it. Detective? What? Is it The Singing Detective? The Singing... Yeah, yeah, I've never yeah. seen it. No, it's not the singing. De- the singing detective isn't about a rape accusation. I've never seen it. I don't know what it's about. But I no, thought it was. No, it's in an, it. it's a like a BBC show. Oh, okay. But dude, it is like super fucking. It's really dark, dude. Obviously, he's a great actor. Uh, he plays. He's in another show where he plays like the grizzled alcoholic cop. Okay. Then he plays Hagrid. Then he's in a nun suit. I mean, the guy can. The guy can do it all. The other movie I would ask you about that Jonathan Lynn did that I have only seen in the theaters, but I remember being like. Why is no one talking about this movie? It's so fucking funny. It's Trial and Error with Jeff Bridges and Kramer. And cr- yeah, I remember that was cr- that movie is funny. Big laughs in that movie. Really big laughs in that movie. Um, Would it hold up? I don't know. But is the it, TV it was really show funny. based on that movie? No, not at all. It's just another play on the words. Yeah. Okay. The uh, it was they were like get the guy who did my cousin Vinny. It's a courtroom comedy, but it's really funny. Uh, Kramer's really only shot at the big time. Of uh, like theatrical release, name on the poster shit. Yeah, I heard a story once. I was complaining about like where my career was at when sure. I was in New Un- York. Understandable. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, you don't gotta. You know. When I was in New York and I was complaining and I was like, I was like, you know, just God damn it! Like I'm just trying to get a break. Like, why, what, fuck! Like, why, what do I gotta do? Like. And the guy I was talking to goes, you know, um, I heard the same story very recently. About a man complaining to my manager uh-huh. about where was his shot. That man was Michael Richards. Oh. <laughs> and he goes, it never ends. The guy was on Seinfeld. It never ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently I was calling That's true. manager after That's Seinfeld. True. like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you got, you got Alexander, who's a tremendous actor, doing, he's back to doing KFC ads. I know. I know. And then, like, they do this Alex, weird variation on, on a show called Big Time in Hollywood, Florida. That's a very underrated Comedy Central show. That, that new ad where he's the colonel is like some weird play on George. It's bad. Where he's like, I don't allow it, or whatever. And then, it's, like, there's a laugh track. It doesn't even make sense. No. Anyway. You know, I remember something else Michael Richards said a few years back. <laughs> did you ever see the between? The N-word. Did you ever see the between two ferns with Jerry Seinfeld? I did. I did. Introduces him as Jerry Sandusky. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and he goes, why are you the only one since since the show that hasn't done anything? And uh-huh. he goes, Elaine is on that, that HBO show. Kramer did that great stand-up routine. <laughs> yeah. Between Two Ferns is, is reliably great. You can't really fault Between Two Ferns. Uh, I don't know how he gets away with it. Yeah, he says to Hillary Clinton, like about her daughter being friends with Trump's daughter. Yeah, do you think they're afraid of men hitting on them, like your husband, for instance? Says to Obama, "How does it feel to be the last black president?" 
It's yeah. fucking outrageous. Yeah. I mean, it's got to all be cleared with them, right? I would think. One would think. Outrageous. One would think. All right. Uh, that's our show. Clue is a fun picture. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I love it. I uh, love it. I've been swimming in raw sewage. <clears throat> I love it. <laughs> uh, Woo! We don't have anything in the hopper, but we we will do a commentary soon. We uh, we treasure you. We thank you. Check out the Hog House on Etsy for merch. Check out our Patreon if you want to hear the live episodes. Seeing a lot of people say that uh, that first live episode is uh, one of our top five shows, and I agree. I texted Joe and I listened to it. I feel like we've never been so on. I think it's one of our best uh, hour pluses. I am on Instagram and Twitter at the Patrick Walsh. The Cool Kids airs Friday night on the Fox Network. It is also on Hulu. If you would like to see this Martin Mole, Leslie, and Warren episode, I think it will air after the new year, but uh, be watching for that. And that's all I got. Joe DeRosa Comedy on Instagram. Joe DeRosa Comedian on Facebook. Um, I will be... I guess January 3rd to the 5th. I'm headlining Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Uh, <clears throat> so if you're in that area, come on out for a show. Three nights. Should you know, be the 5th is my birthday. Thank God I'm not here wow. for it. Wow. I didn't really see I that. never liked you, Walsh. Necessary. Uh, happy birthday. Um, anyway, I'll be there. Come through if you can. Thanks a lot, folks. But before we go, people, we got to do our shout outs. For the month of November, Anthony V. Menito, a.k.a. Party McFly, Philippe Rashad, Caleb Sorensen, Tanner Rollins, Patrick Baxter, Julie Bailey, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet, Michael Whitsett, Kimani Clodfelder, Anna, Sam Elliott, Brett Irway, Professor Papsmere, Patrick Wathan, Truth Crab, Dave DeWitt, Zach Henderson, Tegan McLeod, Sadie Bug, Brian Morton, Jay Covey, Cole Rothaker, Joey Mueller, Scott Engler, Waffles, Stephen Kalpa, Knock Knock, Who's There, Sam Mitchell, Fuck That Guy, Patrick Fitzsimmons, Andrew Tillichen, Kelly Amoroso, Beth Gaston, Sharifa, David Dennehy, Devlo, Trevor Gage, Joshua Christensen, KP Flynn, Tyler Moore, Elva E. Enriquez, Matt Wheeler, Leslie Coffin, Welfare Dentist, Jackson C. Lohmeyer, Jerron Sanderson, Ash Ogden, Rain, Purple Peacock, Sterling Abrigo, Christopher Sabella, Steve Murdoch, Not Medium Rare, Drew Tiberius Pull, Monica, not from Friends, Taylor LaPointe, Steve Smith, Lupe Pita Pacheo, Tansi Zonjic, Dion Johnson, Matt Robin, Will Foley, Kevin Rigotti, Joseph, Christian Reynolds, Josh Smallridge, Kurt Zeigler, Brittany Ferguson, Sean Florin, Danny Rudd, Natalie Hartline, Scott Contour, Leo Lopez, A. Ali, Emily Rock, not Rock, Emily Rook, not Rock, sorry, 
<clears throat> Scott Thu, Nick Mascara, Dave Del Greco, Kurt Zeigler, Chloe Paget, Matthew Roos, Scott Burchett, Dennis Ormston, Travis Hines, John Weisengruber, Matthew McGuire, Angelo, Angela, Angela, oh boy, Angela Porcaro, James O'Brien, Matthew Moon, Jay Fisher, Sean Lyle, John Hollywood, Jake McAlvain, Meredith McWilliams, Gregory Hassel, Jesse Janicki, Mike Greenwood, Brianna Alkire, Matt, supportive guy. Oops, I said that last one wrong. Anthony Rodriguez, Chris Passmore, Casey Jones, Sinji, Robert Haynes, Natalie Hatley, Hatley, Will Pittman, Kevin McNanny, Kevin Driscoll, Jen Wessels, Joe Hoffman, Scott Sweeney, Jay Miller, Clayton Stamper, Amanda Lancaster, Michael Bolas, Ethan Gamage, James Girolamo, Derek Adams, Sean Hall, Adam Lounsbury, Brett Fangella, Toby Bell, Vincent Franks, Joseph Regoza, Steve Burton, Anna DeMario, Bo, Aaron Roberts, Scott John, Ben Meddy, Kevin Eason, fucking Rich Tillman, Sarah Catherine, Paul Murchie, Scott Sweezy, Kara Conini, Joshua Taz Bozeman, Chuck Andrews, Tom Laverick, Tucker Rauch, John Smith, Edmund Agabo, Andrew, Brian Bolarier, Will Helms, Jennifer Anna, T.L. Munholland, Melissa Alvarez, Jake Bullock, Tangis Religion, ZeroFoxTrot.com, you fucks. Matt Crawford, Jenna, Richard, dear Lord, why aren't these in alphabetical order? Deming, Brian Callis, Tim Drain, Michael Madrigal, please visit Mr. Suit Records in Lancaster, PA. Richard Howenston, or Howenstein, uh, Bretton Frazier, Sean, Luke Fiziak, Karen Kilgariff, please listen to my favorite murder. Shelby L., Nathan Basket, Gary Marone, Dylan Lahr, Phil Burrell, Edmund Dillon, The Black Magic Ninja, Scott, Pauline Sorrell, Daphne Kellogg, Ryan Martz, Tristan Avery, Hunk Masterson, Richard Iman, Matthew J. Brown, Julie Aguirre, Charity Ferguson, Hank from Dan Cakes, Nick Walther, Alexander Stein, Tyler Keatley, Emily Marvel, John B. Watt, visit his Zombians Horror, Craft, Horror Crafts store on Etsy. Maury Benjamin, Nicholas Burns, Alex Nelson, Jeremy Cool, Too Fat to Skate, Alex Shipley, Sean Pinnock, Amanda Liebson, Timothy Letso, Shane Nazarian, Smelly Bubbles, Samantha Kiefer, I Love You, David Bellinger, Hunter McDonald, Justin Bohager, Adam Bembenick, Manny Rios, Demonio Rubio, Brandon Gash, Jake Farote, 
Rob Lines, Jacob Barrett, Barrett, Jordan C., Maxwell Ashcroft, Ryan Kohler, Barb Allen, Jonathan Face, Rebecca Cohen, Chris Bowen, Mike Gibbons, Donye Joyce, Michael Dawson, Jennifer Smith, Connor Dennehy, Anthony J. Guajardo, Annie Johannesson, Timmy K., Megan Lybrand, Scott Blickensdurfer, Brett Wemmer, Tristan Carlson, Laura Sexton, Anthony Guajardo, Weston Thomas Veedhill, Jared Blair, Richie Verdugo, Chris Hopper, Emily Florence, our dear friend and curator of all things We'll See You in Hell, Sean L., Dave Komarek, Abby Manuel, Kim D'Angelo, Jonathan Galat, Michael McBee, Stephanie Power, Diego Campos, Stefan Musau, Zoe Blaskovich, Aisley Kivensland, Dan McLeod, Lorenz Bunganiers, Alejandro Salgado, Papa Spoosh, Tracy Reddington, Sean Thomas, Amanda Alzamora, Jason Weibel, Mike Curry, Drew Spindler, Andrew Kuval, Sam Mitchell, Aaron Malinowski, Scott Nolan, Ben, Misty Zavar, Molly Russell's Wart, Dejanae Wilford, Johnny Ferg, Michelle Gold, Danielle Dewar, Eric Lamora, Kevin Marcinick, Lawrence Anderson, Jared Smallridge, Will Podorf, Natalie Craig, Kyle Kinsland, the man whose name we cannot say, Ani Babaduk, Scott Patton, the Block Watch, Paul Pickerel, Rage last name sounds Asian, Michael Aiello, Reed Aesthetic, and Max Unrath. As always, we are overwhelmed by your generous support. We thank you and love you all. We will see you next time. We'll see you in hell. Sure.